The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 26th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now your host, Phil Houck. Last week's upset loss to Marshall elicited some rather strong and passionate responses from Notre Dame Nation. Over his head, fire Reese, send Golden back to the NFL, pull their scholarships. Now we know why the Bears fired he stand. No heart. Yikes. And now the Irish are down a quarterback. Obviously, there's a lot of emotional angst out there right now. Understandable. And Fighting Irish Preview is here for you. So, here are some things to think about. And they should help you through the pain. Number one, identify and embrace the challenge. Then get to work. In no particular order, offensive line, running back, receivers, quarterback. Well, okay, that's the entire offense. On defense, come on, man. Touted in the preseason as the strength of the team. But long drives are killing this team, and eight quarters now with zero takeaways. Are you kidding me? And now Tyler Buckner is out for the season. Next man up, Drew Pine, your destiny awaits. Number two, beat Cal, and it'll be a good day. Let's face it, any kind of win right now is going to feel pretty good. After all, it has now been 296 days and counting since the Irish blew out Stanford in Palo Alto. Beat Cal this week, and everyone is going to feel a whole lot better. After all, it's a long season, and there's plenty of time left for redemption. Number three, Freeman is not going anywhere. As angry as you might be about what Marcus Freeman has done so far, it is not only way too early to think about replacing him, and short of a felony conviction, it will not even be considered no matter how many losses the Irish endure for at least a year or so. So get used to him, support him, he will gain experience, and as likely, things will get better. Number four. Ohio State was good. Well, so was Marshall. The overall quality of Ohio State is a given, and Marshall was underestimated. No doubt, and as a member of the media, I take part of that blame. Marshall's quarterback was a starter at Texas Tech and experienced. Their 163-yard running back, a former five-star recruit out of Florida State, and overall, the herd was loaded with Power 5 transfers. Notre Dame has lost to two pretty good football teams. Allow yourself the grace... To fall back on that. Five, be happy you are not a Nebraska fan. Nebraska head coach Scott Frost was fired Sunday after the Huskers fell a one and two on a loss to three touchdown underdog Georgia Southern. Frost was in his fifth season and overall has gone just 45 and 42. The once blue blooded Cornhuskers haven't seen a bowl since 2016 and haven't really been relevant for a really long time. ND fans have enjoyed a ton more wins than Nebraska fans over the last 10 years. Be thankful for that. Number six, focus on what you loved about Marcus Freeman when he was hired. He has an adorable family. He immediately got it and openly expressed his love and admiration for what makes Notre Dame different, tireless as a recruiter, in contrast to the previous regime, a defensive football guru, communicator, genuine, If anyone deserves the support and a bit of patience from Irish fandom, Marcus Freeman does. Number seven, what would Newt do? Leahy, Era, Lou? I'll tell you what each one of them would do in this situation. First, they would embrace the adversity and use it to keep the team united. Then they would simplify schemes and focus on fundamentals. Finally, they would deliver a healthy dose of tough love. Quote, gentlemen, this week we are all presented with the unique challenge of turning this thing around. Be prepared to have your world rocked. This week, one way or another, you would see a different team. And finally, number eight, 
U-R-N-D. Act like it. Irish fans hold their team to a higher standard. Irish fans should check their own behavior and impose similarly high standards on themselves. Now is the time for all good fans to come to the sport of their fighting Irish. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, sheer McCulloch auctioneers, and refreshing Coors Light, made to chill. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim Priester, every so often on this show, it's... It's just really hard to figure out what the heck happened, but I will own it. I did not see this coming. I predicted a fairly easy victory, and we got completely the opposite. I was wrong. Heck, you know, almost everybody but the, that quarterback, Henry Columbia's mom, got it wrong. I mean, Tim, what did we miss? Well, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know that Irish Illustrated missed all of it other than our predictions because we kind of felt like Notre Dame would eventually pull away. But the biggest concern I had, going in was the cornerback play from Marshall against Notre Dame's receiving core. And you knew that if if they could play press man and take Notre Dame's passing game away from them, uh, then they could put as many guys in the box that they wanted and take away the running game too. And that's exactly how that all unfolded. And then defensively, you know, by and large, the defense played well most of the time. But just as we saw the week before at Ohio State, you know, some, some long drives, um, giving up points in the second half when you couldn't afford to. So it just all added up. Notre Dame didn't, they, I mean, as I, as we said and wrote, Notre Dame was out everything in that game. They were, they were out hit, they were out schemed, they were out coached, they were out played, they were out everything. And when that happens, I mean, that's why I think Marshall kind of reminded me a little bit of Cincinnati. I'm not saying that they're a playoff team or they're that good, but they had some components that were comparable to uh, what Cincinnati had coming into Notre Dame Stadium last year. And the offense is just continuing. And, and we knew going into the season the offense was going to be a problem, but we didn't know how big of a problem. I spent some time going back over the Fighting Irish preview years of losses that I felt were of a similar magnitude or at least shocked me this much. 
I didn't have to go back too long. 2019, at the Michigan 31-point loss shocked me, although Michigan was a good team, very good team that year, but the magnitude of that loss, 31 points, was shocking to me. Uh, Miami 2017, similar thing. Uh, that was a good Notre Dame team, and then to, uh, after playing so well, losing by 33 to Miami in that game. But Miami was also a good team. But then you look at Navy 2016, Navy 2010, Navy 2009, uh, and Brian Kelly, University of South Florida in 2011, that, that was a shocker. Charlie Weiss, Connecticut, 20, 2009. And the most shocking game ever for me, the Purdue of 1997, and I have a very personal reason why that game was very shocking. That was right when we started the show, by the way, about the second week. Uh, Purdue beat Notre Dame 28-17. Now we've got to add Marshall to that list. And also then, Tim, to add insult to injury, Tyler Buckner now done for the season. Sprained shoulder, required surgery on uh, Tuesday. Tim, what do we get in Drew Pine, and is he up to the task of leading this team? Well, in Drew Pine, you get one of the best leaders on the entire football team, one of the most dedicated players to the system and the program, somebody that puts Notre Dame first and himself second. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't still be there. Uh, You know, I wish I could – I wish I could – name more physical characteristics that 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 raises uh, hope for Notre Dame that they can take their their offense to another level but I mean we see the difficult we saw it against Marshall the difficulty of him throwing over the underneath coverage we've seen that many times in practice uh, blue gold game we saw it uh, and, and we saw it against Marshall but you know I, I think he will provide a spark. I would like to think that he's going to be a little bit more accurate than, than Tyler Buckner, but I don't think it will be substantial. And the biggest thing, the biggest negative, I think, in all of this is that Nordame's running game is struggling. And by losing Tyler Buckner, they lost their best runner. And that's really not Drew Pine's game. So uh, I, I guess I didn't uh, throw a lot of hope there, but I, but I am encouraged by Drew Pine, the leader, and I think that he'll do some really positive things for Notre Dame on Saturday. Yeah, very popular with his teammates. And there's just a couple of facts that folks ought to know about Drew Pine and, and what makes him tick. Grew up a Notre Dame fan. Uh, he wears the number 10 as a tribute to Brady Quinn. Uh, makes regular trips to the grotto. And he wears a wristband that, that I noticed when interviewing him last spring. The wristband says, make history. And when asked about that, he said it refers to his desire to make history and to win a national championship in Notre Dame. So certainly his heart and his leadership skills are all solid and in the right place. Uh, whether he can physically do it remains to be seen, but it's not its not going to be because he doesn't try. I have a lot of confidence in that part of his game. Tim, still on the quarterback situation, what do we know about early entry freshman Steve Angeli, and, and shouldn't he be considered in this equation? And i got to believe he's probably going to get a shot at some point as well. Well, it'll, it'll have to be in, in a bit of time because he's been working with the prep team, so he's really got to really now delve into the Notre Dame offense. And I, what we've seen of him and, and the, the expression that I continue to use is I've seen no red flags with Steve Angeli. Now, again, that doesn't sound like flowery praise, but – we're talking about early entry freshman who came in. He's got good size. He's pushing six foot three, like 215 pounds uh, in the blue gold game. Hey, it's just the blue gold game, but he was in front of a Notre Dame crowd and he led the gold team. I believe it was the gold team down to for the winning score as time expired. So, 
you know, I, I don't, I don't think we've seen anything of Steve Angeli. That's I, I think he's, I, I think he's probably, I think he has a chance to be the, the most accurate of the three quarterbacks, the top three quarterbacks on the roster right now. So I think there's something there expecting him to jump right in now, having, having not been running the Nordame offense. I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but I think there's, there's, a, there is a potential future with Steve Angeli as Nordame's quarterback. Yeah, I think absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's just now one play away from being the guy. Just ask, uh, Drew Pine how that works. And that performance in the blue gold game was outstanding. Two minute drill. And he, stretched out at the goal line and scored as time expired to win the game for the gold. Uh, okay, let's dig in a bit and try and figure out where things went wrong. First off, Tim, I'm most surprised and I'm really disappointed at the play of this offensive line. We thought it was going to be good. Is that justified? Am I right? What What is going on with the offensive line? Well, it, it brings me back to a point where you, when you were asked originally about, you know, what happened and why did it happen? And I think that we're probably, I and a lot of us are underestimating the impact of transfers because they are so prevalent now, a place like Marshall, and we'll get into it with Kel uh, as well. But they had some, you know, some some transfer help along the defensive line. And I, I just, I didn't expect Notre Dame to lose that battle. Um, not at all, but they did. And uh you know, by the same token, I, I also didn't think Notre Dame's defensive line would lose the battle to Marshall's offensive line, and and they did. So, um, you know, I, I think it starts there. I, that's why I say they. I mean, they they were out everything, including fit, being physical uh, in, in the trenches, and it it started right there. And and that's ultimately how I think Marshall won the football game. Well, I would be really interested to hear or I might be a little frightened <laughs> at what I might hear uh, as to how the practices have gone this week uh, with the offensive linemen, knowing how Harry Heastan likes to coach. Uh, should Jared Patterson maybe be moved back to center? I think it's a consideration. It's not going to happen this week, but I think it is a consideration. I'm not sure how sold Harry Heastan is on Andrew Kristoffic. Like most of, the, like most Notre Dame fans feel about him after he started seven games last year, and so that's ultimately what would have to happen unless you got Michael Carmody in the starting lineup. I know a lot of people are are uh, they don't think Josh Lug is the answer at right guard. There is not a better alternative to six year senior Josh Lug right now. If for if for knowledge purposes alone, not to mention that that's a that's a really big body there, but. Uh, no, I think Patterson will stay at guard, uh, but I certainly could make an argument for moving him back to center and then inserting uh, either Andrew Kristoffic or Michael Carmody might be a guy that's moving up the, the charts as well. Okay, something to look for, uh, but not going to happen this week. Another offensive question, Chris Tyree, arguably the most explosive player on this roster. Uh, nine carries through two games, uh, three short pass receptions, 12 total touches. Why? And uh, this gets into the issue of Tommy Reese, and he went before the media this week. Talk about both of those, Tyree and what Tommy Reese had to say. Well, I mean, I would I would say that Chris Tyree is one of the fastest, if not the fastest players on the team. And this is, sounds kind of contradictory, but I don't necessarily say I would call him the most explosive because he hasn't proven at this point with the football in his hands that that's what he is. Having said that, he only has 12 offensive touches, uh, or, or maybe it's nine offensive touches, and then the, uh, the the kick returns mixed in. And they and look, obviously, you have a 
you have a skill position situation in Notre Dame where they absolutely have to get the ball in the hands of Chris Tyree, one of their fastest, if not the fastest players. I don't think that he's proven to be a guy that's going to break a whole lot of tackles or anything along those lines, but you have to get the football in his hands. And I would fully expect that Chris Tyree gets a whole bunch of touches this week. Well, and how did Tommy Reese uh, react uh, before the media this week? He's been under just loads and loads of criticism. Yeah, well, I mean, he totally shouldered the blame. He says it's on him, and uh, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I agree not so much from the play-calling standpoint because I think that there are a lot of amateurs out there speculating about play-calling without having any concept of what front they're going against, what Notre Dame's strengths are against the opponent, et cetera, et cetera. However, I would say that as offensive coordinator, um, he's been the the guy along with Brian Kelly originally and then Dell Alexander, a receiver that has overseen the process of recruiting skill position athletes. And I thought we saw against Marshall that they are woefully short in that area. Losing Avery Davis certainly hurt, but Avery Davis wouldn't have solved all of the problems that we're looking at right now. So I mean, Tommy Reese shouldered the blame. I respect that. I respect Marcus Freeman making the decision that the the coordinators will come out every Tuesday and and talk to the media. Uh, I I, I think that shows um, a lot of transparency and shows that uh, they're they're willing to put the leaders of their team uh, front and center. That that was a good sign. And let's let's talk about that other coordinator, Al Golden. Uh, Tim, we forget sometimes that this is a new system of a defense that, that the defenses had to absorb. Could growing pains be an issue as to why the defense has not performed as well as we they thought we would? And the caveat I add to that was I really thought that the, one of the reasons Marcus Freeman hired Gal, Al Golden is they were kind of on the same page defensively. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think there are some similarities there. Uh, you know, I mean, if you if you go back and look at 120 minutes of football, the Nordic defense has predominantly played real quality football against Ohio State, holding them 21 points and Marshall 19 points with a pick six for, you know, accounting for seven more. So, I mean, they've, they've, they've done a good job most of the time. It's that long drive that pops up when you least expect, expect it and can least afford it. And that's what happened in both, both instances against Ohio State and Marshall. And then the big culprit here is Notre Dame is one of eight teams in the country that doesn't have a, a, a turnover force yet, no takeaways. Interestingly enough, on that list of eight is Alabama and Ohio State. But be that as it may, Notre Dame needs a little bit more out of their defense because of the way the offense is struggling. And, you know, we knew the defense would be a strength. We knew the offense potentially had issues. And it's a complimentary game. Sometimes you need your offense to score 44 against North Carolina when North Carolina scores 34. Sometimes you need to score whatever it was Notre Dame had against Florida State last year in overtime when when Marcus Freeman's defense struggled against Florida State. It's a complimentary game. I think a lot of people turn this into the Notre Dame offense versus the Notre Dame defense, and that's not the case. And they need right now, they need the defense to really step forward and be a little bit better to compensate for the problems that they're trying to solve on offense. And that's kind of what I was expecting coming into the season. And uh, I think the big difference is no turnovers, um, as you said. And 
people may forget that this has been a very good turnover team for the last four or five years. Notre Dame has ranked highly in that area nationally. Tim, one last one, kind of a quick hit, and you brought it up earlier, and it's it's talking about the transfer portal. In the last couple of years, the transfer portal in college football has been as busy as O'Hare on a Thanksgiving weekend. And Marshall had in the neighborhood of, what, 20, 25 transfers on their team, something that maybe I'm guilty, I know, of not talking enough about last week leading up. Uh, That seems to be what most everybody is doing. So the Irish needed receivers last year. They needed a quarterback in the offseason, and they're hurting now because they don't have them. Why doesn't Notre Dame, why didn't they recruit more transfers? Well, it's a concern because getting in as a transfer in Notre Dame uh, as a football player is difficult. Uh, they actually make them uh, jump through fiery hoops academically in order to get in uh, the same way they do their regular student body. So that's a concern moving forward. I don't I don't know what Notre Dame's going to do in terms of making adjustments academically. But the fact of the matter is that we, we have a, a college football landscape now in which I mean, USC has two dozen transfers, and those aren't disgruntled players. Those are really good football players. So Notre Dame's going to have to do something because they are at a at a real deficit when it comes to this. I mean, they, they were in on a couple receivers. They chose somebody else, and the pool from which to draw from, from academically is pretty limited. It's an issue that Notre Dame's going to have to deal with. I would note that two of the uh, transfers Notre Dame did bring in came in as graduates of Harvard so think about that, folks. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero. Key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 371st edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Sharon McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Sharon McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Sharon McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sharon McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sharon McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Notre Dame is 14-1 all-time in Notre Dame Stadium against Pac-12 teams not named Stanford or Southern Cal. Arizona in 1982 claims the lone victory among those 15 contests. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. 
Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview, the Irish take on the California Golden Bears at home this week. TV coverage on NBC begins at 2.30 p.m. South Bend time, and it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Master Craft, and Premier Pontoons, new and previously owned, we share your boating passion. And this year we are focusing on the Fighting Irish quarterbacks since 1988. So far this year, Tony Rice and Rick Meyer. Today, Kevin McDougal. McDougal hailed from Pompano Beach, Florida, and all he ever wanted when he got to Notre Dame in 1989 was a chance, a chance to play quarterback at Notre Dame. And for three years, McDougal stayed loyal to the Irish and patiently waited his turn. For three seasons, he backed up last week's hero, Rick Meyer, and then thought that Meyer would go to the NFL after his junior year so that he would have a shot at being a two-year starter. But Meyer surprised everybody and came back for his senior season. So it was back to carrying the clipboard in 1992 for Kevin McDougal. Finally, Meyer graduated, and the job looked to be McDougal's. But then that got sidetracked. Freshman Ron Paulus wowed Lou Holtz in fall camp and won the starting job. However, in the last scrimmage before week one, Paulus broke his collarbone, and McDougal was the starting quarterback. And Tim, the rest is history. McDougal took advantage of his shot and led the Irish to 10 straight wins, including a victory over number one ranked Florida State, and to within an eyelash of the national championship after the Irish took out Texas A&M in the Cotton Bowl. McDougal threw for 1,541 yards and seven TDs on the season and left Notre Dame ranking high in the school record books in completion percentage, pass efficiency, and yards per pass attempt. Tim, Kevin McDougal led the Irish for one year, but left a lasting impression on Notre Dame history. Yeah, Phil, I mean, we barely knew that. We barely knew the young man at that time because he obviously hadn't been prominent until uh, Lou Holtz came in. I remember, I'll always remember the look on Lou Holtz's face when he told the media of Paulus's injury because he was counting on him being the starter. But Kevin McDougal was outstanding. I've always said that Kevin McDougal had a national championship level performance in 1993, but Notre Dame let that Boston College game slip away. He didn't put, put up big numbers. He wasn't a runner per se, although he did have a big run against Michigan early in the year. Uh, but he didn't fit the mold of of Lou Holtz's quarterbacks. He did an outstanding job. I, I always have a great deal of respect for the outstanding performance and leadership that Kevin McDougal showed. Absolutely. And McDougal's 1993 team finished second in the country to Florida State despite the fact that they had beaten Florida State during the regular season and finished with the identical record. And yes, that fact still annoys me, and it annoys a lot of Notre Dame fans. Kevin McDougal, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats, and it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Five and seven a year ago, the California Golden Bears are coached by sixth-year head coach Justin Wilcox. This season, they're 2-0. In week one, they beat UC Davis 34-13. And last week, they prevailed over future ND opponent UNLV 20-14. Cal's offense will be led by Purdue transfer Jack Plummer. Last year against the Irish, Plummer was 25-36 for 187 yards and a touchdown. 
this year through two games. He has continued to show accuracy, hitting 51 of 74, good for 546 yards, four TDs with two interceptions. Cal's running attack is led by six foot, 205 pound freshman Jaden Ott. Ott is averaging 6.5 yards on 24 carries and has scored one TD. Plummer has spread the ball out nicely among his top three receivers. The Bears' top threat looks to be 6'2 junior Jeremiah Hunter, who has notched 11 catches so far, good for 154 yards. His other top targets are J. Michael Sturdivant and Maven Anderson, a couple of redshirt freshman four-star recruits. Cal has been known for their defense under Will Cox, and they employ a unique scheme that amounts to a 2-4-5 alignment. Look for 6'4", 335-pound Ricky Correa to anchor the interior line and for a heavy rotation at outside linebacker where Cal frequently brings pressure. Two transfers headline this rotation. Oduba Isidore from UCLA and 6'6", 270-pound Xavier Carlton from Utah. The secondary, there's a lot of experience, led by lockdown corner Lumagia Hearns. Tim, the book on Cal is that the offense has some skill players and a game manager at quarterback, but the offensive line has issues protecting and run blocking. Defensively, on the other hand, Cal's good enough to keep the Bears in just about any game. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? You know, again, Phil, I think Nordings defensive line should win this battle with the offensive line. That didn't come true uh, last week. I do want to mention Jaden Ott, the freshman running back that you mentioned. He will be the best running back on the field that day, whether he has a, a, a performance to match at, we'll see. And I'm concerned about that Ricky Correa matchup, 6'4", 335 against Notre Dame center Zeke Corral. But I'm going to go with, you know, I think Notre Dame, I think they're going to have some success, uh, enough success with Drew Pine at quarterback. So for me, it's how well Notre Dame can slow down that receiving core of Hunter Sturdivant and Anderson. Notre Dame has a veteran secondary those receivers are good, but they're young. I expect Notre Dame secondary to win that battle. All right. Slow down the receiving core of California. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, let's go with Drew Pine. I, you know, I, again, I, I have a lot of confidence in his ability to rise up and play quality football for Notre Dame. All eyes will be on him, he will be judged harshly by every Notre Dame fan, as Tyler Buckner was beginning to be judged very harshly before his season-ending uh, injury. So I'm going to go with Drew Pine. I think Drew Pine's going to maybe not post big numbers and probably not run the ball um, you know, nearly as well as Tyler Buckner can and would. But uh, I think Drew Pine's going to do just fine and lead Notre Dame. Uh, Saturday against Cal. And Drew Pine, and I think Drew would tell you that he has been preparing for this moment his entire life, and he is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 22 Indiana locations. Tim, we know the news on Tyler Buckner, lost for the season. Anyone else on the injury report to talk about? No, I mean, I would mention Bo Bauer. If you saw him block that punt late in the game Saturday, you saw how he was holding his left arm. I believe he's having a shoulder issue, but he'll play. They brought him out on Tuesday to speak to the media, and he'll play. Uh, so through two games, Notre Dame's in a pretty good situation health-wise across the board. 
Uh, but unfortunately, the biggest injury of all occurred to Notre Dame's starting quarterback. Well, nonetheless, a small silver lining, let's call it that. Thanks, Tim. That is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester, uh, Vegas says the Irish by 10.5 points. What does America's foremost authority say? Well, it certainly looks like a low-scoring game. I believe the over-under is somewhere around 40.5 or 41.5, which is extremely low for college football. But I do think I think Nordine's defense steps forward. Kell's offense is vulnerable. I do have some respect for Jack Plummer and his accuracy when he has time to throw, and he's got a little bit of mobility. I think Nordame's defense rises up in this situation and that Drew Pine and Nordame's running game gets going a little bit, a little bit better than, than it has. Uh, I see a bunch of field goals in Nordame's future, but I think Drew Pine can lead a couple of touchdown drives. I have a final score of 26 to 13 in favor of Notre Dame. ND 26, Cal 13. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Tim, good defense uh, for Cal, uh, a vulnerable line and vanilla scheme on offense. It's the way I see it. It won't be pretty, but my head tells me that the Irish are and will perform better this week and better where it counts. They'll get it done. That's the most important thing. In a low-scoring affair, and I also predict a bunch of field goals, but not quite as on the level that you predicted, I predict the Irish will get off the snide ND19, Cal 14. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.